0: You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network.
1: Stay geeky, my friends. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast.
0: DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network
2: a geek where we discuss geek culture from the belly of the beast once a week i'm your host dan if you notice there was less screaming this time and there's a reason why because as i was editing this week last week's episode i used levelator and it brings everything down and the rest of the podcast sounds fine except for the beginning because it tries to take my screaming and compress it to something that's normal but the entire beginning is like (laughs) and then we sound fine so no screaming It's a Sunday. Hi, guys.
0: There you go. That's actually the noise you were making last week. You, uh... She's too drunk to remember. <laughs>
2: That's
1: how I felt like when we were at the and bar last Sunday. There you go, folks. It only took Daniel Zisco 94 episodes to realize. <laughs> yes, I think that.
2: this is episode 94. I think we're on 94. I think this is Musings 94. I really wanted to get to Musings 100 for Comic Con, but we missed like six episodes between the time that I figured out that it was going to be episode 100 if we kept going and, mm-hmm. and not. We did an episode of Pilots it, in
1: there. It doesn't matter. You can't blame me, dude. We've only done two pilots in the last year.
2: Yeah, I know. We did an episode of Pilots. I think I missed some. I canceled some. Mm-hmm. It was I'd thing.
1: also like to say we're bad Americans. Why are we bad Americans? Because right now America's playing for the World Cup and we're not even bothering to watch. <sighs> Is soccer an American sport? I guess because America's in it.
0: No, it's not an American sport, but, you know, like with all things, I don't give a damn about soccer or women's soccer. But if America's involved and we have a chance to be <laughs> the best at something... <laughs> Then fuck the rest of the I think, world.
1: I think you'd like this particular women's soccer team.
0: The I don't last like time. Any soccer team. No, anymore.
1: the last time I checked, Will, they had not allowed a goal
0: yeah, in like 670 minutes. Yeah, just to make everybody conflicted about Hope Solo. Mm. They're like, well. You kind of had that arrest thing, but at the same time, you're a good goalie.
2: Wow. uh, Right now, it's USA 4, Japan
0: nothing. Oh, I guess we win then. Yay, America! (laughs) Did
1: you not hear how Japan got in? No. Oh, it's real simple. Corruption. No. And the Red Sox won! No, no. Japan got in. Are still way
0: in last? Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: Because England outscored Japan. It just so happens that one of the goals that England scored was in their own goal yeah that that one was really sad (laughs) and it was like it was right at the end too it was was, really sad it's
0: one of those like you know you you work your entire life to go to like the world cup to be on your national soccer team and you get to like the quarterfinals you know if you win you get into the finals and you know it's tied it's coming right down to the end and you she's this she was a defender and japan kicks the ball in her direction i think a lot of times they just sort of strategically kick the ball out yeah, yeah. And so I think she was just k- trying to kick it away, and ended up getting the ball really s- like flush, square, and kicked it at the goal like post, <sighs> like the top post, and it hit it, bounced in, uh, and she basically went to the ground, wouldn't get up, and cried. Yeah, <laughs> like, lots of crying. I was like, so you spent your entire life to get to this point, and you blew it for everybody, for
1: everybody, for the and entire country. It's and you. And That's the, gotta hurt. The <laughs> way the way England takes football. She may not be allowed to go home.
2: <laughs> oh, they're, they're literally, they haven't done this in, in 150 years, but she's being sent to Australia. Yeah. Like,
1: uh, that's what's happening right but, now.
0: But it was crazy levels of corruption that set up the brackets for this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, they decided, you say that like it ha- that hasn't been that way for like ever? I guess it's always been that way, but now they're finally starting to point it out. Rather than actually seeding the teams in in the way that you would if you were trying to make a fair yeah, tournament, yeah. Um, they instead decided to pair things up in the way they thought would give them the best ratings and help some teams through and get rid of others and like i think yeah. germany which, which is literally the least fair thing to do in the yeah, world yeah no they made it as unfair as they could possibly and it, do. and
2: since it's the world cup it is the most unfair thing in the world right now
0: yeah i think it was germany and france were stuck playing each other really early That's, on the, yeah, that and they were happen. like this is really screwed up yeah, like that we should happen. all be in the final 4 and I guess it, financially it matters because women's soccer players don't get paid these huge amounts no, like no. other athletes. And so the difference between getting knocked out in round one versus round two could be like $100,000 to you. Yeah, and that's, and that's not fair. about what you're making anyway. I mean, like, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's mm-hmm.
2: not fair. But again, it's the World Cup. Does anybody expect anything differently? Nope. Fuck the World Cup. How was your guys' this week?
1: How was it? There was, was a lot of, that, was, that was a lot of vehemence toward the World Cup. You understand the World Cup and FIFA are two different things, right? I don't know. Are they? Yeah, it's kind I have of no like idea. it's kind of like you being mad at Major League Baseball and going screw the the World Series. That is right? the World.
2: What the World Series is Major League Baseball.
1: Yes, but there's a difference between the organization Major League Baseball and the actual World Series where you play the games. But they're, so they're, they
0: run the thing that you care about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So FIFA runs the World Cup, but it's not the World Cup. Is that what we're saying? No. If you have animosity towards FIFA, have it towards FIFA. Yeah. Don't have it towards their tournament. That let's face it, predates them as an organization.
2: Well, I'm not having animosity. Again, we're still 24 minutes. USA for Japan, nothing. So it's just going to keep going like this for a while. No, I don't have. I don't have animosity to the World Cup. But if FIFA was the one who set the brackets unfairly, well, that sucks. Don't set the brackets unfairly.
0: Integrity of the game,
2: Integrity people. of the game! Integrity of the game. I guess my uh, my mom bought my nephew, Sorry, the game Sorry. Because she
0: hates him <laughs> or his <laughs> and, friends or you.
2: And she, she basically said, I can't play with him because he has his own rules. And I knocked him back and he cried. And I'm like, damn it, my kid is not going to cry. Integrity of the game. I lose all the fucking time. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> Integrity of the game. Dan,
1: let me, let me share this with you right now. If your son plays Sorry... I'm never speaking to you again. <laughs> Why? Because you're not an average parent. You know how bad that game is. Oh, that's true. You know how bad Monopoly is. We have real board games. We have real
0: board games, and he will learn how to play. Yes. you got to get him something, something you know, real, like, uh, like pop o Trouble.
1: Mm, <laughs> or well, Mousetrap. No, you know, he jokes, but he isn't, <laughs> I like he's that. not going to be so happy a couple years from now. Grayson's going to understand Five Tribes quicker
2: than we will. I, I mean, well, we, we, st- we played it, you know, last time we played it, we were both like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to put a camel here. That's right. There's a tree.
1: I, I'm having a vision in my head of how Dan responds when Grayson starts playing with us, and he starts coming in last to Grayson.
2: <laughs> <story. laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Integrity. Yeah. That's what's going to happen.
2: All right, we don't really have topics, but we do have topics, because a lot has actually gone on. Um, Reddit has exploded. does and I got into conversations. The Supreme Court did stuff. We're and- talking about the blockbuster. It's Dan, all sorts of stuff,
1: Dan. We're we're, we're also a show. What what we're a show, right? What we got like a name? What who has a name? We have a name. We're musings of a geek, and we got like a website.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's right. We got stuff. We got housekeeping stuff. And
1: we're, we're stuff presumably like on a network. Leave me alone, Dez. I'm Isn't gonna, this all the shit we cover
2: at the we end? Cover, what are you we talking we about? We cover this all the time. All right, this is Musings of a Geek. We're on the Musings of a Geek podcast network. You can find us at musings of a We're also on the Danger Entertainment Network. You can find us at DangerEntertainment.com. Plus, we're on Geek Life Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, and Stitcher. We have a podcast network. We got tons of podcasts. Uh, I might add another one this week, maybe. Um, there's been a bunch of stuff. So listen away. 40 Going on 14, there's something wrong with your feed. It's been something wrong with for like 20 weeks, and I didn't notice, and that's my bad. So sorry about that, guys, but 40 Going on 14 is on. An- they're a great show and they will be updated soon that's what i got to say all right what do you guys want to talk about i don't have topics but we got stuff to talk
1: about what
2: do you want to talk about the supreme court because you were so into the supreme court
1: no we talked about the supreme court before the broadcast the listeners don't find it nearly as fascinating as i don't know the one cool thing from the supreme court did
2: after the gay marriage uh uh the thing was the um yeah that gerrymandering thing you shouldn't do that
0: yeah well i mean at least they made some progress on which it. Which isn't
2: exactly what they said. If I understand correctly, Arizona people in Arizona sued because they basically said, we need to have independent commissions no, no, draw no, no, these No, no, districts. no, no, no. <laughs>
1: opposite. The <laughs> voters said, we don't want the politicians drawing the lines anymore. We want an independent council that's like half Democrat, half Republican. Which I think is fair. And then the Le- Republican legislature went, no, we want to do it. So they sued. And then basically it
2: was... Uh, Bader Ginsburg, who came up with the majority opinion on that, it basically said, the people get to decide, yes, you're the legislator and representative of the people, but the people are still the people, and they still get to decide. If this is what they want, you have to do it, which I think opens up an interesting can of worms for other states later down the yeah, road. So
0: California does the same thing. I think this is, there's like 13 states that have some version of this where they've tried to take away the gerrymandering... Um, yeah, role ta- that the legislature normally has. They take it
1: away from the legislature and give it to a completely
0: other group. Right. Which whether or not I don't it will, quite frankly trust either. but will yeah. help long term is debatable. Yeah,
2: but who gets to draw it then? I mean, somebody's got to do it. Right.
0: At some, yeah, at some point, like assuming that you have a neutral group is a bunch of hogwash, but the issue was that, I guess the Constitution says the legislature gets to draw the lines. And so it was one of those plain language kind of issues again of, what doesn't it easy? say the legislature? And what happens when your state like California has Initiatives and referendums, where the people act like the, like legislature, the legislature sometimes. Yeah. Do they count, or does it have to be the actual legislature? And Supreme Court said, yeah, yeah, yeah the people can play that role if they want to. Which is, uh, which
2: again, I think has farther-reaching consequences than just this jury mandering thing i think they might be able to use this decision oh, yeah. other decisions when it comes down to do the people get to if, if there are referendums or not do the what voice do the people have in their politics
1: after an election
2: sure it'll be interesting sure. so that was that the and then you're i don't know what you were i left and you were okay. talking well, about well nobody other, knew what the,
1: was going the on the other case was the death penalty case where the supreme court basically said it's okay for the state to use something to kill you even if they're unsure if the thing they're killing you with will actually kill you. Um, They said that, and um, obviously the the liberal justices did not agree.
0: Yeah, basically the the conservatives came down and said that the um, petitioners, the guys who were going to get killed, failed to prove um, that the state had some other kind of alternative. Basically, this was yeah, the only thing they had they, available, so unless you can prove that they have something else available, then we're not even gonna bother to was it? To it, wasn't even, it. It wasn't
1: even so much that. They were more like,
0: you, you never yourself self-suggested an alternative. And, and so Sotomayor, I think, was uh, the one who came down and said, well, it, then if the state said that they were gonna kill people by drawing and quartering them, uh, and the, they failed to show that there was another alternative available, you would have said that was okay. You know, that your rationale was just kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is shitty. I mean, and what the was whole
1: what was interesting, at least for us shit. here on Musings of a Geek, is is not actually the case itself. The case itself is one of those absolutely horrible Supreme Court cases because it basically fell down on kind of like a party line breakup. And basically, I don't think either side was doing a great job of being independent and impartial. But what was interesting was that to start with sort of my or read her her dissent in court okay which happens it's not common but sometimes there are cases where they they do more than just turn in a written dissent they actually read their dissent in court but what was interesting about this one is that buyer who has changed his position do they actually do it like in the physical court or do they do it okay
0: that's pretty cool so basically the 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 main i actually had no idea the main opinion may get read. I don't know if they do it on every one of them or if they just release some of them. Uh, but on the big ones, they're going to you know read the main opinion, and then the dissent doesn't always read theirs. It's usually a signal that I really, really hate the majority opinion and want to make sure that my voice gets heard on
1: Yeah, I mean, like a, a good example of that is for the for the same sex marriage case. Um, three of the dissenting justices read their their. Yeah, it was a weird court? one
0: because all four, rather than just having one write a dissent and the other one is joining it, all four of them wrote independent dissents. Yeah, but
1: I don't, think, interesting. I don't think Thomas really read strange. his
0: in court. He doesn't like to talk. Um,
1: but after Sotomayor, Bayer then wanted to read his dissent. Brier. Breyer. Did I say Bayer? Yes. All right. <laughs> um, and, and his from Will. his is Will. Uh, he, he's come to the point where he's not entirely sure that the death penalty itself is constitutional. So his was full of, like, statistics and graphs and things like that. But what really made it interesting from kind of, like, the applesauce quotient is that after that was done, Scalia decided to read a- an opinion in support of the majority decision, which is, uh, Will can probably back me up on this one, pretty much unheard of.
0: I, I can't picture somebody going again after the dissent has gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, <laughs> we're pretty sure it's the first time it's happened here on Musings a Geek. But what makes it even more interesting is that it was it was like 30 or 45 minutes long, and there was lots of discussion of same-sex marriage and the lawyer thing again. And then, and of course, none of that is in his actual written opinion. He okay. just kind of went off the cuff. Yes, uh, off the cuff. And normally when they're reading their opinion in court, they give the press a copy of what they intend to say, even though they don't usually stick to it very well. Right, you know, it's just kind of like this is what I intend to say. This way, you know where I'm going off script. Fair enough. But neither um, Scalia nor his clerks gave such a document to the press. So the entire so Scotus- no knew what was going on. No, so the entire SCOTUS press corps are of the opinion that Justice Scalia was just simply talking in court, just extempore- extemporizing. Yes. The- <laughs> he just there, there was no plan. And calling it an opinion is probably an insult to the court. (laughs) Enough (laughs) of this jiggery pokery. (laughs) So, um, name the last episode applesauce. That's what it was. (laughs) So, I the the Supreme Court's not not so much the cases now, but just the environment itself. For those of you who find courtrooms interesting, (laughs) is becoming very interesting. Kind of toxic. I love I love it. I love it. I love it. They all hate each other.
0: But uh, strangely enough, they get along.
2: They, I mean, that's yeah, well, no, that's like, the funniest thing. Like, no, like, doesn't, thing. like, Scalia and Ginsburg. like, go and hang out? Like, they do things together.
0: One of them, uh, Ginsberg was saying she was kind of, uh, they noticed her sleeping at the last State of the <sighs> Union. And she's like, oh, yes. I can't remember which one it was, but I thought it was one of the conservatives. They brought some wine uh, to the pregame, and uh, I had a little too much.
2: (laughs) Well, there's, there's a great episode of the West Wing when Bartlett, like, there's Supreme Court shit going on, and Bartlett's trying to get, like, his really good nominee through, but he's got a Republican Congress, but then there's also a really brilliant legal conservative. And, like, basically, at one point in the episode, the two of them meet, and I think it's Glenn Close and. Someone who I, I, you know, this is a very famous actor, you know who he is. That guy. That guy, I can't can't think of his name. And they meet, and it turns out that the two of them are actually really good friends, but just on completely ideological opposite sides, and all they do is pick at each other, but in a very friendly kind of way. And as the episode goes on, Bartley does, of course, because it's the magic of television, figure out how to get both of them on the court. Yay, television. But I think it's probably that same thing, where... They're probably, I don't want to say friends, but at least colleagues who have been doing this for so long that you just kind of pick at each
1: other. Well, I think... I Except think for Scalia. I think he hates everybody. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> as to Ginsburg falling asleep during the State of the Union, that's not her fault.
0: Uh, she's blaming... Uh, I just looked it up. She blamed uh, Justice Kennedy, who brought a very fine California wine, she said. Yes, she was not so so not just going that. to stick to sparkling water at dinner, but apparently it was a really good dinner yeah. and it needed it's, wine. <laughs>
1: it's not just that. This is not the first time she's fallen asleep. Who... It was either Kagan or Sotomayor. Whoever they replaced used to be the one who nudged her awake
0: at such long proceedings. Oh, O'Connor, you mean? Like one no, of the not, retired not ones? No, not O'Connor. The other
1: one. The one who retired really young.
0: Oh. The guy. Uh, what's his name? Well, Rank was retired, but he wasn't really young. No, no and, he, he, and was, he died. He was not nice at all. No.
1: I don't know. Who, whoever it was <laughs> is the one who used to wake her up, and he's not in the court anymore. Ah. Uh so yeah,
0: fair enough stevens he wasn't a, yeah, he wasn't Steve young stevens. either but he was awesome well he was young for a supreme court justice he was a nixon appointee i think he was young at one point <laughs> in his life so that was
2: the supreme court um also this week because it wouldn't be musings uh, of a geek apparently reddit in fact not even apparently reddit exploded yeah on kind of friday imported. thursday yeah, Reddit, and so for those of you who don't know, um, Reddit has a subreddit which is actually a pretty famous one called I Am a, or basically AMA, is kind of how it's said. Right. They do interviews with celebrities. Um, there was actually a news article, I think it was Business Weekly, that said I Am A. The two most famous uh, interviews were Barack Obama and the man with two penises, which is very Reddit right there. Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly what Reddit is. Um, but Reddit had a staff member uh, who was their director of talent named Victoria, who. Basically ran the AMA and kept it kind of egalitarian and kind of ubiquitous and so like nobody was getting paid for
0: it. Like well, she, it, she played liaison.
2: Basically, and she was very good at it. And she worked with the mods with, with IMA and she did some AMAs for other subreddits. Um those of you who don't know Reddit, subreddits are like little rooms that you kind of reddits broken off into that you can post into and whatnot. Um on Thursday, she was fired. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows if she was laid off. Nobody knows if she was fired. Nobody knows why she was fired. She was just fired. And so the mods of I took the subreddit private. The reason being is we did not know anything about it. We can't do what we do without her. We have to figure this out. We're going private until we figure this
0: out. And going private effectively shuts the sub down. Shuts the
2: subreddit down completely. And it's one of the biggest ones on Reddit. And so in a show of solidarity a shit ton of other subreddits went private, all in the... not not some, of, some people were protesting they can't fire her, but some people were basically protesting the fact that here we are making up a community online and Reddit, even though it's a company, which is, we're going to get into this with Comic-Con later, even though it's a company, are not listening to the needs of its users and its mo- moderators, the people who run the subreddits, and basically this just goes to show how out of touch they are. So... Ask Reddit, which is a front page uh, uh, subreddit that automatically gets put on there, and a few others. With all the major movie, ones. like all of my subreddits were gone. My 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 basic Reddit front page was Excel. I,
0: I think like, accounting. I think like funny and gifts. Yeah, up. Like yeah, A couple of DC, big ones, DC
2: cinematic. It. Like everything else, like everything went private to basically protest this action on behalf of Reddit, which was crazy because it basically made Reddit look like shit for a few days they were calling for the ceo's dismissal um she actually came made a statement and came out and said well the more, majority of the users don't even care about this which is true
0: and also completely heartless completely, and thoughtless.
2: completely heartless and thoughtless and wrong because it's not just the majority of users don't care it's somebody brought this up it's the fact that the majority of users come to reddit for a community that is created by the small minority of users who do care about this and you've basically fucked them over and so again it's this idea that you have a community on the internet that you do one action as a company and basically if the users don't like it they shut your
1: website down which i find to be very very interesting so well no let's be nice to these people they they were they were nice. They didn't actually shut their website down. Shut their website down. No, there was no doxing. They, they, they could just... have done. I guarantee you, quite a few of the moderators on Reddit probably know people who can just shut down the site. Oh, completely. Right. So I mean, like they could have actually get, done some illegal crap and gone like. <laughs> <laughs> hey. So Not a lot of the that. attention has media turned media chat, to yeah. the
0: newly minted CEO of Reddit. Yes, Ellen Powell. Ellen
2: Powell. They were calling for her removal.
0: Yeah, so change.org, the petition website, yes. is now at one hundred and thirty thousand. Uh, signatures to get rid of her. She was already in the news before taking over Reddit, if you recall. Maybe. She had a fairly famous gender discrimination lawsuit. She's a lawyer. She's a Harvard-educated lawyer. Oh. Who sued her big law firm for gender discrimination, which ended up on TV, on like court TV or what have you, and went for a few weeks. And she lost... And got ordered to pay, and she turned down, like, I think at least a million in settlement offer or whatever, and got ordered to pay their uh, legal fees and what have you. And then after it all went down, got to take over Reddit instead. And uh, has suddenly kind of stepped in it in her first uh, first official action.
2: Well, I mean, she's been, from what I understand, she hasn't been there that long. But Reddit in and of itself has not liked her. They haven't liked sort of the the, the culture that she brings. Um, But then this happened, and it was like, what the fuck? Why did you fire Victoria? Now, granted, Victoria might have stolen. There might have been sexual harassment. She could have stabbed somebody. We don't know. And a company has a right to fire anybody they want. But if you have an employee who does something for your users that she does, you have an obligation, I feel, to at least put a plan in place to say, we we, we have a plan in
1: place. We're firing her. But Stop splitting the two issues. The uh, firing uh, uh, of this girl pissed off a lot of people. It's Those people want to have their their grievances aired and dealt with. That's all good. Let me give you a hint about running Reddit. I don't spend a lot of time on Reddit. These two do. These two are hipster as shit. What? Yeah, you both are. <laughs> wait, wait, what just um, happened? You you really are, and so are the most the peop- most of the people who use Reddit. So here's the thing: the second you start acting by that, you start acting like a Fortune 500 company, you're going to start losing users. You can't make those kind of decisions, which means you can't go out and make a statement like that. There's two different issues. No, no, you absolutely can't. Right? You have to... The, the, whole, the whole concept of, of Reddit or any type of media site like it is artificial because you're, you're trying to create an environment that is free of the constraints of things like major corporate interests, but they're being put on by major, major corporate, corporate interests. interests. So it's always a balancing act of, of not having your corporateness visible while you're making a profit off of people who are seeking you for a lack of corporateness. And she seems to be doing a very bad job at that part of her job. There are companies that excel at that. I happen, oh, to, yeah. work, I happen to work for one, now but you right.
0: It's not a Fortune 500 company. I think uh, revenue last year was like $8 million off of ads, yeah, something that's, along those that's, lines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not one saying the- it's a Fortune 500. I'm saying they acting like one. Right. One of the major complaints that I think the people had was some, uh, about the technology. Basically, they've been coasting on really old, outdated technology for a long yeah.
2: time. Yeah, they need to upgrade a lot of their stuff.
0: And uh, it's one of those things where... You know, there were Reddit's before there was Reddit, and there will mm-hmm. be Reddit's after Reddit. And if you don't keep up, they will there, leave you. There
2: will be a new mm-hmm. the dig. Dig was the Reddit before Reddit. Yeah. It was a yeah. dig.
0: Dig was worth uh, well, they said, like $20, 30 million dollars at one point. It is worth half a million the last time yeah, it sold.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it, it lost like four hundred percent of its Well, valuable. even
0: backing up, do you remember Fark?
2: Oh my God! Yes, Fark
0: was Reddit before Reddit. It was just posting shit yep. and letting well, people comment it on is. it. I and, mean. You there got, will always yeah. be some link amalgamation site for people to go to, and it doesn't have to be this one.
2: And, and I think the beauty of it is, is, you have a CEO like this, this woman, who may not understand that, who may literally not understand that the internet is fickle, mm-hmm. and they will go somewhere else, and, and your company will be worth nothing at all. Um, AOL, but, but, I think, figured that out, and now they <laughs> they branch into other things. AOL is still huge, but they're not like you don't know AOL as a as an ISP anymore.
0: Well, no, yeah, it's one of those funny ISP, things yeah. where you realize. You know you know, for the people who are investing tons of money in Facebook or so on, it's like realize that in twenty years there probably won't be a Facebook. No, there's gonna be no Facebook. No.
1: There's, gonna be Facebook. there's gonna be a Facebook. It just won't be
0: Facebook. Or yeah, if it exists, yeah, exactly. it will be something Ex- else. Yes,
1: yes, it's a good point.
2: Yes, 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 yes.
1: You know, you know what was really, really successful? MySpace. Anybody been there recently? Well, I mean, that's exactly what about the Tom thing? is doing.
0: Yeah, and the uh, <laughs> the thing is, the newer generation, kids younger than us, um, don't like Facebook.
2: No. 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 They're
0: losing an entire new generation no. who mm-hmm. don't like. And sight.
2: what's his bucket? Guy who ran it. Guy who started. it. What's uh, his name? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. I don't think he like he doesn't care because again, Zuckerberg made it. He got his fortune, and he's the kind of guy who goes on to the next Zuckerberg thing. Zuckerberg cares for about
1: twenty four more months.
0: Well, how much? How much of his fortune is tied into his stock? No, exactly.
1: Twenty four months from now, he can sell the last of his stock because he's got options that mature at you know at, at a certain, certain point. time yeah. Yeah. periods. So, um. He, after that, I'm sure he won't care. No, it. but then again, you, you say all that, like her behavior, like it's a bad thing, Dan. The, the truth is, is that Reddit is a company. It was founded by people. Those people presumably are still on the board. It's their job to hire people to run the company that, that Correctly. keep doing what it is their company's yeah. meant to do to make money. So if, they, if they're not capable of doing that, then maybe they should go the way of the dodo.
2: Reddit exploded. So that that happened, um, and then Dez actually brought up something interesting um, that we wanted to talk about. The blockbuster, and uh, not blockbuster video. I wasn't quite sure what he meant. The blockbuster is
1: dead? No, no, no. There's a lot of people. Long live, out blockbuster. live blockbuster. Long live blockbuster. There's a lot of people out there who uh, constantly question Hollywood's need to make sequels and blow them up and things like that. But what happened at the box office this weekend? I think we have to admit that uh, that Hollywood is smarter than most of those people. Why do you say this? Because at the box office this weekend, Jurassic World is now once again the number one movie in in America. It's at one point four billion dollars. At number two, I haven't seen it is uh, whatever the name of the Amy Poehler animated movie is, Inside... Inside Out. I Inside heard that one Out. was good. I heard yeah, it was I'm really not, good, I'm not too. I'm Spe- it, okay, it's, it's number two. It's going to make $300 million the box. Before
2: you do that, my favorite thing that I saw over the last couple of weeks is uh, Mindy Kaling is a voice. Did you see this on Reddit? Speaking of Reddit. No. Mindy Kaling is a voice of one of the characters mm-hmm. in in that, and she was doing an interview with uh, just a that, press That's interview. a cartoon
0: that's basically Herman's head, but animated. Yes. Yes. Basically, yeah. yes.
2: Um, she was doing an interview with George Stephanopoulos on Good Morning America about the movie, and George Stephanopoulos says to her, talking about how great it is. He goes, "It's this great movie. It really makes you feel like you're inside an 11 year old girl." And Mindy Kaley like stops for a second, and you can see every single possible thing that you could say in, like, in her face in about a second and a half and she goes in a totally wholesome and honest, in a totally wholesome and something way and they continue with the interview but just this moment of George Stephanopoulos like going <coughs> saying this and Mindy Kay like literally fighting to not say the obvious like do what you guys just did but not do that <laughs> both of them just went
1: oh
2: um so anyway con- continue inside yeah. out inside out made it's a it Pixar it movie made 30 I heard million really dollar good
1: Roughly it'll it'll make three hundred million sometime soon, domestically. And then one of the big kind of showdown fights that the 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 film media press were talking about for this summer was the the battle between Magic Mike XXL and Terminator Janice. Genesis. Genesis. Genesis.
0: Genesis. Genesis. Wait, those aren't really those overlapping are. <laughs> audiences. No, no, like, no,
1: no, no. They were they were talking. They're opening on the same day, so they're I'm, talking about the, the which of those two is going to win
0: out at the box office. I'm pretty sure the the husbands and wives boyfriends and girlfriends can just split up. That's, once what, they that's get it. That's It's theater. like all right,
2: we're all going to the theater. You're going to go mm-hmm. see
1: Magic Mike. I'm going to go see Terminator. Done. Well, let's let's see about that logic. Well, um, Genesis made 28 million dollars during the weekend not the whole time since Wednesday. Magic Mike XXL made 12. Oh. The point I'm the point I'm making some is that um, it's clear that while a small minority of people who go to the American box office still want kind of like date night and they want like a comedy like a family uh, uh, not a family friendly but like a semi romantic comedy or they're willing to see a personal drama of some kind like um, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Which is coming out soon. Okay. That the vast majority of people who go to the American box office now view movie night as an event night. So what they want is they want like a family film, where they can take the whole family to, or they want a big kind of spectacle kind of show. So you're talking like a cartoon or like not a kids movie, but but something geared for the family or Avengers. Basically, that's what I'm saying. And so I think it's just time to stop criticizing Hollywood for giving them that they're voting with their with their wallets and they're voting a lot which is which is interesting because what that's doing is that's
2: you're right hollywood might be smarter but what that's doing is that's kind of feeding the beast feeding the machine i don't
1: think so because you're th- what it is is i don't think it's an indication that say the american movie viewing audience doesn't appreciate film anymore that they just want explosions unlike when you and i were growing up you have a whole viable third and fourth platform for watching films. Yeah. And what <laughs> the American public six, yeah. seems to be saying is those small independent films, which are about personal drama and things like that, I want to watch them in my own home so I can watch 45 minutes, and if they're really, really heavy and I'm really depressed, I can turn it off and put something else on. It doesn't mean back to it, Yeah, I won't come back to your film it's just i don't want to be locked into having to watch it
2: well the the, the middle the middle budget movies the 40 million dollar the 50 the 60 million dollar those
1: are re- those, those are really good on you're right on a netflix platform exactly. or 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 just watching <coughs> in any type of in your own home kind of viewing but when they go to the movies they want the spectacle they want the circus
2: yeah, because if I'm going to go to the movies – now, granted, at this point, it's rare when I go to the movies. I generally go to the drive-in. But still, going out, no, I want to, to I want to see something. I want to see something big. I want to see something – I want to see The Avengers. I want to see Guardians of the Galaxy. I only go to the drive-in for my stupid movies. I am taking the day off at one point or an early day at one point in November, and I'm going to go see James Bond by myself because I do that. However, other than that, I, I you know, like, like that's the only time I'll go to the movies. I want to see mm-hmm. something spectacally.
0: Yeah, I guess you don't really have to go to the movies to see her.
2: No. Oh. We saw her here, and right. it was great. You watch
0: it on your TV, and you're like, yeah, I didn't need to see this on a big screen. I don't care.
2: And those type of movies, Des is 100% right. Now that we've gotten the Netflix and the Hulus and the PlayStation 4s and the Amazons well, of the now, world, it's you not, can it's not even that.
1: Now that you can buy a TV inexpensively, that has the same size to distance ratio in your own home yeah, as yeah. you'd have in the movie theater, you don't need to see everything in the movie theater. No, no, you absolutely don't. And
2: and I think you bring up an interesting point because every, you know the, 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 there's a lamenting that the fact of the 4 to $60 million movie is dead. We're not making them anymore because they just want to see big spectacles because the movies are expensive. And when I'm going to spend that money, I'm either want something that I can take him to yep.
1: or I want...
2: I want to see Man of Steel. I
1: also think that argument is disingenuous. Why? Like the 40 to 60 million dollar movie. Like there's so many great 40 to 60 million dollar movies. Like when I go back in my in my head and I'm looking at mid-range budget dramas, not not comedies because comedies, it doesn't matter if you spend 300 million dollars or you spend 10 million dollars. comedy becomes successful because it's funny, which is kind of like this Intangible thing you can't really know you have until you have it. Fair enough. Okay. Right. For dramas, the only one I can really think of that's a mid-range budget that is really really good is Jaws. Let's see what was Jaws like, budget. But like everything that I think is really good, you don't remember it having a huge budget, but it did. Lawrence of Arabia was not cheap. Look at the no. There's no way that movie. They was filmed cheap. it on 60 millimeter in the middle of the desert for like ever. It's beautiful. Such a good movie, though. But but it's not. It wasn't cheap.
0: So By the way, Terminator twenty seven no, 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 no. percent um, on Rotten Tomatoes. Jaws
2: had a budget of. Uh, this is in seventy five.
1: Mm-hmm. Had a budget of nine million dollars. That's a mid range budget, which is okay in the time. What is that I'll bet you. I'll bet you the most expensive that movie that year was probably like a thirty million dollar budget.
0: So that's probably thirty or forty million now. Yeah, we're gonna go to the uh, handy dandy inflation calculator. <laughs> yeah, I'm just running some real quick math on inflation while, while on that. He's,
1: while he's doing that, we can talk about Genesis. Um if you like Arnold and you like Arnold humor, you will find the Arnold moments of this in this film very, very good. You know what?
2: Congratulations. That actually ex- Des, you pulled you pulled Jaws out on this. Mm-hmm. Nine million dollars in nineteen seventy five has the same power buying power as thirty nine point seven million dollars. Damn, I'm good. You, are, you guys are both good. <laughs> both of you pulled that out. Thirty nine point seven million dollars in twenty fifteen, which means it falls right into that range. Yeah. Anyway, it's- continue. Jeremy or Genesis.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the only other one I can think of that might be in that range is maybe like Shawshank might be in that range. Stand by me might be in that range, but the most most big dramas require big big paydays. But no, so Genesis, um, the Arnold stuff's really good. It's Arnold back at top form, which is to say he's funny. Um, the fight scenes are a little silly, but I, I think people—they
0: explain why he's old.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, no, they explain he, why he's he, old in the synopsis he, of the story. He, he ages. They did. Yeah, because he went back in time to protect Sarah Connor and became her, like, father figure, and the Terminator age, because it's living tissue, so the Terminator ages as she ages. And so when Kyle goes back in time in this movie, he finds Sarah Connor already with a Terminator protector. Yeah, I just totally confused the fuck out of him.
0: I got nothing.
2: We were watching something about, about you know, the, the biggest cliffhangers in history on TV, and one of them said the, Sarah, the end of Sarah Connor Chronicles, mm-hmm. and I'm re-watching it, and I'm like, this timeline is so fucked up anyway. Does that even no, count as a cliffhanger
1: at this well, point? I don't want to ruin anything for anybody potentially seeing the movie. I'll tell you right now, Dan, um, the biggest mistake the the current crop of producers-slash-screenwriters for the Terminator series is, is their idea of how to make the Terminator movies successful again and interesting again is to give you crisis. Like on infinite earths. Yes, now there are people. <laughs> now there are people who I want to watch this movie now. <laughs> who are jumping from alternate timelines into alternate universes. Guys, it got too confusing for DC Comics. I'm sure it'll get too confusing with this. <laughs> the one thing I will give this, Alan Trainor. Still... Is that his name? Alan Trainor? I don't know. <clears throat> He's a Game of Thrones director. He directed this movie. That man is a genius. Okay. In, in at least one respect. Okay, so it's a
0: Alan Taylor.
1: Taylor. Um this is a this is a, a an action movie that is in the vein of an '80s action movie, so you know there is going to be Amelia Clark with not wearing clothing. Uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but see, but this is why he's a genius. He knows that with the success of Game of Thrones, there really is no one left in the world who hasn't seen her breasts. So, guess what he does for this movie.
0: I can't say anything appropriate.
1: <laughs> I Me mean, neither. I'm like, nah. He does. He does that part of the scene in Shadow Play.
2: Okay.
1: And I, I have to give him credit. She's it, back to being sexy again in the Shadow Play. You were not feeling the sexiness anymore. We had this discussion. It's. Do you want another one? There's a point at which it's no longer new and exciting. Okay. You know, it's just happened it's so many so times. Is
0: this why nobody went to go see Magic Mike at XL? So no, I, seen presume, it? I presume.
1: I <laughs> presume no one went to see it because um, they just didn't obviously feel that the first one needed uh, a sequel. The big deal with Magic Mike, the original, is that a lot of people who got dragged to so it so you by know, my door is locked and my son is looking at me like, ha-ha, you can't come in. Yeah. Um, the, the original Magic Mike was successful to a degree with people you didn't expect it to be because they expected to go see a movie where guys are taking off their clothes to make their girlfriends happy. And what they got was something with at least something, um, some semblance of a story. Really? They obviously just didn't feel that there was enough left of the story to warrant a sequel. And besides, it still made, it still made like $34 million. I mean, it's, like, it's not like it's a big flop, but when you look at the weekend box office and the other opening movie almost breaks $30 million against maybe the most successful action movie of all time, and you come in with $12 million... You got to be disappointed.
0: Yeah, well, tough competition. It's the summer. Opened in a different season.
2: I know Magic Mike doesn't seem like the type of movie that should have uh, opened in the summer. Like that's like an October movie, right?
0: Yeah, like I'm just I don't know. I just think it's once the kids are back in school.
2: That's right. Just imagine housewives (laughs) in the middle of the day can go get their get the groove on and you know just just
1: imagine how bad it must feel to be chatham. Chatham tating. Chatham tating. Yes. Because think yes. about it. Just <laughs> I they, don't
0: know if I any don't... of us got that right. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Channing yes.
1: Just one summer ago. Chatum? <laughs> just one summer ago. Just one summer ago, one summer ago. The American viewing audience went. Look, he's got clothes on. Here's three hundred million dollars, and now he's back one summer later and not wearing clothes, and they're like, eh. "Here's a few bucks." Was it? Was it $300 million from 22 Jump Street? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. 22 Jump Street is the most successful comedy of the last 20 years. I haven't seen either of them. And like we talked about it last episode, and now I really want to watch it. The amazing thing about 22 Jump Street Street is that the entire end credits is them saying, we're not going to make a sequel. But they are. But there, when you have numbers like that, you don't get away with not making a sequel. I,
2: and 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 the the producers of that movie and the director of that movie had an interview that said, "Okay, we are making twenty three Jump Street, but basically everything we put in that ending,
1: we're going to figure out a way to get get to at some point." So I'm like, you know what? Good on them. Oh God, good that, on them. That makes me that makes me want to remember what twenty three Jump Street was. I, I, I oh I don't God, know. that might not be good because I think I think twenty three Jump Street was medical school. I would watch the hell out of that movie. But that's also why um, Jonah is floating the idea of a female-led. And I think, that would, I, I, I think wants, that would be fine. Because he wants to be able to give something to the studio, but I don't know that he necessarily wants to keep making the movie. Um,
2: speaking of female-led, I'm going to I'm gonna segue here. So Comic-Con this year uh, is obviously this Thursday. I will say this. He's the... just going to talk all by himself for 10 minutes. Or I was looking at the programming schedule. William, have you looked at the programming schedule?
0: I'm going to right now.
2: Des has not. Although there are, I I might be able to get discounted tickets. So Des and I might be able to talk about that later. I don't know. Um, I was looking at the programming schedule and I was noticing that there are a lot more than usual female-centric panels this year. Um, women who kick ass, women artists, women, you know...
0: Let's I always th- said the women who kick ass panel. Well, I mean, say but, always, but there's, 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 maybe for the last three years. There's
2: a, bu- there's a bunch of different female-centric um, panels this year, which I honestly think is a good thing, because a lot of what people have been talking about in the con circuit in general, and in, in our sort of geeky genre, and I was talking to Rihanna about this, is that a lack of a female voice... Uh, and and what female voice is out there isn't enough. And now you've got Comic-Con coming along, and there is a lot of female-centric panels. There's a lot of other shit that's not as good this year, I feel. But in terms of this, I think it's really, really cool. Um, And I don't know if Comic-Con's leading or following, because I don't go to other
1: conventions in this case. I don't think it has anything to do with Um, Comic-Con. Look, Comic-Con has always made uh, room for female voices um you may recall dan i think it was about five years ago we went to a oh women, women yes. in regard to um to cosplay that if i'm not mistaken had seth green's wife on it yes it did because he asked a really insightful question i think
2: that blog post is still on musings of a yeah
1: um they've always had panels like that but a lot of this is not i don't want to say it's like comic-con doing something dc and marvel have gone out of their way in the last few years to hire more female artists more female writers um I, I don't think anyone is going to claim that they're anywhere near parody with, with their male counterparts. Oh, no, no yeah, not um, even... But when you have more female artists and female writers to draw on for panels, obviously you can start doing more. I don't think it's like Comic-Con going, we're going to highlight... I mean, like, Terry Moore's been doing a, a panel at Comic-Con every year. She comes forever, right? I mean, like, Comic-Con's been good about having female artists, female writers be on panels. But I don't think it's something Comic-Con's driving as much as it is the industry's changing. Right? Like, Kelly Connick is writing a bunch of books now.
2: Well, and I, and I, th- I think that's it. I think you're right. The industry is changing, but it's nice to see. It's just there's something uh, nice to see about female-centric
1: panels. I don't know why. I'm just like, this is really cool. And some of that, Dan, is just the nature of the beast changing. Okay. Right. Like, I mean, like, I, I, I've never looked at the panel booklet for the previous years of New York Comic Con, but I'd be willing to bet that they probably had a lot of female centric panels previously. Because uh, the, the difference between th- a lot of the male comic writers and male comic artists in the comics industry right now and the female ones. Is at least with the writers, a lot of the men have been writing comics for like ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if they're if they're if they're headquartered near New York, because that's where the corporate offices are, and they've been writing comics for 25, 30 years, they can usually find a way to pay for coming to Comic-Con. Like someone who will give them a sponsorship for something or whatever, and they'll get their airfare or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Um the, the younger influx writers and artists can't do. And a lot of these female artists and female writers have not been writing for a long time they're a relatively new entrant into the into the field and now that DC but they, they've been around long enough to, to, no, to no, start no no it's not, it's not that now that DC is in Burbank and now that Marvel's moving more and more operations to Burbank these people are now headquartered in Burbank which means it's just a drive down the freeway that's true it's right i mean it's
2: literally right here that ha- that panel that you talked about oh, It's 2011 I had to go back and figure it yeah, out. Yeah, it was like four years. Yeah, I mean, like, it was it was a sexy geek girl panel, which already in and of itself the name of that is is basically disingenuous for what the panel was. Like it was
1: not about sexy geek girls. It was about a lot of women being like it was about women trying to articulate the cosplay isn't consent movement
2: before But that's not what the panel was supposed yeah, to be but about. Dan,
1: but Dan, I don't I don't fault them because it was before they had determined what their movement was. True story. So it ended up being like a really weird planning session that we were all sitting <laughs> <in> on. <laughs> that,
2: that Seth Green hijacked weird.
1: for about ten minutes. It was was really. Well, weird. that's because Seth Green knows what a panel is supposed to be, and I think he was trying to get things back on back, to back being on track. Panel, right? Rather than people arguing with each other on stage.
2: Well, and 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 William William can tell you this as well. So Des and I Des and I are sitting there, and I think we were there because we were waiting for the epic fantasy panel, and I, I dragged it because I, I dragged Des to panels. Since Des is, is is it may or may not be going this year, I don't know if I'll be dragging you to
1: panels. I, or not. I, I can answer that good right luck. now.
2: no. <laughs> I drag Des and Des is a good sport. Des always goes to my ridiculous fucking comic arts council panels
1: and we have good discussions about it oh. and, and think the main. Dan, based on our earlier discussion, that's where you're going wrong. It's not the Comics Arts Council, it's the Comic Arts Conference. It is sponsored by Comic Con. All right, we'll, t- we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so I, I'm like, guys, we're gonna go see
2: the epic fantasy panel. There's nothing we're doing right now. Let's go sit on this other one. And it was called oh, OU Sexy Geek Girl, I think, or something. Um, and we're sitting there, and and, and Seth, and, and, and you know, as panels go, people can ask questions. And of course, it's a bunch of women talking about women's issues, and some douchebag misogynist gets up and tries to ask basically, tries to trip them all up. And they basically attack him, and then Seth Green, whose wife was on the panel, gets up and did exactly what Des said: like, let's just keep things moving in a
1: forward motion and not get (laughs) to put to put the panel in perspective. It was great great. to put the panel in perspective. I think as Seth was talking, um, uh, an unwarranted laugh entered the house because I leaned to Dan and went. Do you get the feeling this panel would be going smoother if Seth Green were the moderator? <laughs> and,
2: I, and, and Katrina Hill was the moderator of that. I've got mm. everything here. I've totally forgot it. Katrina Hill was the moderator of that panel. And she, not that she did a bad job, but I think you're right. I think I we think got to a point where we couldn't move forward,
1: and it needed someone like Seth Green. I think that with a panel the, like they wanted to have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it was a mistake to have the moderator be anybody with skin in the game. I agree. That was the, Wasn't usually as bad. It's that there were times where she wanted to articulate a point, a real point, and if you're being part of the conversation in that way, it's hard to control the conversation from the outside. Oh no! Completely, absolutely, absolutely, completely. Um,
2: but no, I mean the, the point being that hopefully yeah. all of these women, co- of these I'd women-centric let- panels, won't go the same way. Because you're right; it was a bunch oh, of oh no, I don't think
1: they the will. Time. I think I don't expect anyone to go and see like Kelly DeConnick and be like. Um, why are you a woman, and why are you rewriting things? What's up with that? You know, I mean, like, I expect her to probably take a certain amount of comic heat because there are always going to be some people who be some don't agree. No, don't agree with the decisions you make as a writer, and and sometimes they'll be warranted, and sometimes they won't. Um, but all I'm saying is, I don't think that's something that Comic Con's pushing. As much as it is just it's, it's just the industry slowly changing, just the change because of the it's industry. not like it's not like Comic Con's like come see our Kelly DeConic panel. We hope that someday someone will hire her to write something. She's already writing something. That's why she's getting a panel.
2: All right, <laughs> or she's on enough. one, anyways. So since William has not looked at the uh, uh, as as much of the um, panel guides as I as I will say. Um, I was looking at kind of just the big ones. The so Hall H the Ballroom twenties on Friday and Saturday. Right, yeah. And my I I can't
0: get the nice um, like block breakout version. So
2: so basically what we've got what we we talked a little bit about what we've got going on, you know, what's going on Thursday and Friday last time. Saturday in Hall H is basically DC. DC has a big morning block and then there's a bunch of bullshit. There's not much going in there at all. Um, a lot of 45-minute panels, like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Legendary Pictures. Nothing else really going on. Same thing for Ballroom 20. There's not a lot of things going on in Ballroom 20. Like it just seems like there's not. And maybe it's because it's not something I want to see.
1: It no, it's see- not. It's not that Dan. It's that, it's that Hollywood's finally beginning to learn. Okay. That that Comic Con doesn't help you. It hurts you. For like the most part.
2: Saturday Hall H. Warner Brothers is going to have this thing. And then we're going to be able to walk into Hall H. Guarantee you. Mm -hmm. And then DC Entertainment is at night, which I'd like to see, which is going to be, you know, because of what we did last year. But there's nothing going on on Saturday at Hall H. Same thing for Friday. I mean, Friday's going to be big because, again, it's Walking Dead, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Star Wars. But, like, that's you shot your load on Friday. Um, There's really nothing on Sunday. Um, There's never anything on Sunday. You know, Heroes Reborn is in Hall H. American Horror Story, Scream Queens, Vampire Diaries, and Supernatural. I mean, there's just nothing, like, there's nothing major. Like, we don't have a Marvel Entertainment this year, obviously. We don't have a Sony this year. We don't have the big panels that we normally have. And so Star Wars is going to be big. You're going to have Game of Thrones. You're going to have Walking Dead. You're going to have Warner Brothers and, so that's, and, and Doctor Who, and that's it. I don't know if Star Wars is going to be big of course it will why why do you not think star wars is going to be
0: it's comic con it's a new star wars movie
1: yes it is and those of us who actually like star wars and went to star wars celebration knows that disney released absolutely nothing at star wars celebration which was only like a month ago um they're not going to release anything really there will be a new trailer i'm not saying that it won't be full i just don't think there'll be anything that panel worth seeing I've no. I've met Mark Hamill. I don't need to see him on another panel. You I, see what I'm saying? I mean like it, maybe if celebration. So um, hadn't been in <laughs> SoCal this year or if it was in December, I might believe that somehow their Disney's response to Comic-Con was going to be different than Star Wars Celebration. <clears throat> but I highly doubt it because Lucasfilm <laughs> has to realize that if they release anything big at Comic-Con, they're basically killing Celebration. But I really I really don't. There'll be a lot of talk of the spin-off movies. Yeah, they're probably will Rogue One, Rogue um, One is already filming cuz there was a lot of talk of them at Star Wars Celebration. But I can't see I really can't see them wanting to kill Celebration as a con circuit. It's a wonderful tool for Lucasfilm and Disney to use. It's not that much less popular than than Comic-Con. I mean, I think attendance was only like 25,000. But given that Celebration's only in its ninth year and it's held randomly at different locations throughout the world. True. Um, I can't I can't see them just putting a shine on Celebration and being like, ah! Screw all you who paid all that money to go to celebration this year. We don't care about you. So they're almost in a position where they can't release very much.
2: I'm I, I think for me it's a matter of and I think William's right. It's a new Star Wars movie. They're gonna bring the cast out. I'm sure they're gonna bring at least part of the cast out. Oh yeah, but like that that doesn't they're matter. gonna bring the cast out. There's gonna be lots of pictures, they're
1: probably gonna have a new trailer, maybe. Or at least some footage. No, they'll, they'll probably Maybe. show the, they'll show the new trailer, but I guarantee the new trailer will probably just be releasing We're, at the same uh, time. Yeah, you know. But you know, um, but I trailer. mean like but I mean like if you're expecting a really good kind of like Marvel style panel oh, no, 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 no. from Disney and, and Lucasfilm, they they but would I th- really lose attendance at uh, celebration uh, for uh, having b- done it. But I think it's still I, I think Will's right. It's gonna be huge. It's Star
2: Wars at Comic Con.
0: I mean, what's bigger at Comic Con than Star Wars and Star Trek?
2: Marvel Entertainment. The Avengers at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- more recently, but yeah, as, yeah, like, but as a, as, as, a a gen- as a thing,
2: as a thing, yes, yeah, Star Wars and Star Trek have basically have basically carried that through. So earlier this week, Des and I got into a discussion on Twitter, and you can actually follow it if you want to go back. I am at Musings Podcast and he is at D Hassing. Um, Des basically sent me an article that talked about Comic Con as a non nonprofit. Now, if those of you who don't follow this, San Diego Comic Con is set up. As a nonprofit, technically they're set
1: up as a five hundred one c three. Five hundred one five hundred one c three. They're an educational institution. Well, no, uh, theaters are five hundred one c three. Yes, but they're 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 five hundred one c threes because they're educational institutions.
2: It's artistic. We're you know I I, I can actually give you the definition of a five hundred one c three. Um, while while we're doing this, anyway, we were talking about you know basically how Comic Con is a five hundred one c three and Des brought up a point and you're not wrong because a lot of nonprofit and it was in the article but a lot of nonprofit people who follow these nonprofit tax attorneys nonprofit watchdogs feel that Comic Con San Diego Comic Con should not be a nonprofit that it doesn't further anything for it to be a nonprofit mm-hmm. that there are other Comic Cons. Like New York Comic Con, which is a for-profit convention, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I think it—I uh, think it actually is an interesting discussion to have because I don't disagree with you per se. However, based on Comic Con has set itself up, I don't see the need for them to ever change because they're not breaking well,
1: okay. the law. Here's the thing: at no point did I say Comic Con is doing something illegal. No, no, or Comic Con is violating the letter of the law. What they violate is the spirit of the law. I'll use this as a good example. Um, I'm going to use two theaters. And this is why I wanted theaters. Will here, because the whole idea of the spirit of the law. Yeah. I'm going to use two theaters as an example. Uh, the theater Dan and I worked with, which is On Stage Playhouse in Trulibus, California. Besta. And the largest um, Lort theater in San Diego County, which is the Old Globe. The
2: Old Globe, yes.
1: Now, the purpose of both of these organizations, whenever they were created... Was to put on plays. They're both five hundred one c threes, though. Yeah, but listen, but listen, listen, my point, Dan. Yeah, they were, they were, they were designed to put on plays, and they were built not necessarily the, the initial boards, but the initial artistic directors, the people who were the driving passion of founding them when they were originally founded. The people who did that founded them because they wanted to do plays that other people around them didn't want to do. Yeah. So the purpose of a theater, when you really get down to it, is for you to further your own ego. <laughs> Okay. But because these, these, these corporations, which are 50, 501c3s, are actually not really about making profit. They are maybe about stoking your own ego, but they're not about making profit. They adhere to the spirit of the law, which is to say at Chula Vista Onstage Playhouse, we have an internship program where we bring in high school students to learn about theater. Now, I won't lie to you. In the five years I worked there, I don't think we did a good job of that ever once. They're doing an okay job was, of
2: it now, I think. Well,
1: no, I mean, by that I mean but was when was organized haphazardly. I don't know if it really st- yeah, When it was, When it started, kids, yeah, fair enough. But it cost us money, and we did it because our purpose is outreach to the community. Yes. In addition to that, we did something called pay what you can night, where literally you come and you can pay whatever you want. And now, we didn't do bad on pay what you can nights, but, but our average was oh, much less than our yes, ticket price. Yes, we did. There right? were plays that we had not a lot of money. I well, was our managing director, so I looked at everything. That, so that yeah. might have had some indication to do with the play. Uh, that, that's <laughs> um, very true, too. But, re- that's, that's, but regardless, regardless argument for another day. <laughs> we did that so that no one in the community could justifiably say, well, I'd like to see your play, but I can't afford to. Okay? Now, the Old Globe has two similar programs. What they do is they do an educational outreach tour in which they take Shakespeare to like local area high schools and also to... Um, kind of like community centers and places where yep. you get audiences who don't traditionally get to view theater and they perform it there for them, which, granted, I'm not going to lie to you, the Old Globe usually goes out and tries to find grant money to pay for that, but some of it comes from the, the theater's coffers. And then the other thing they do is, for, for students, college students, they have like a $25 ticket. It's not even a rush ticket. You don't have to show up at the last minute and take as long whatever as you seat have your ID, out. You basically just buy like a, an under 30 ticket. Um, I have no idea what it costs now, but they do it. Now... From a business standpoint, all of these decisions are really bad. Completely. But the purpose of the theater is to outreach the community. So they're adhering to the spirit of the law. Because a 501c3 is
2: religious, educational, charitable, scientific, literary, testing for public safety, amateur sports competitions, and prevention of cruelty to children or animals. That is what a 501c3 is. If your
1: nonprofit does any of that, you are a 501c3. What Comic-Con does is as follows. They have a thing called the Comics Arts Conference to which they invite people who are hawking books who come in who don't really care about scholarship and spend most of their time arguing about intellectual property law.
2: Oh, and we have been on several, which is of fine. Those.
1: I don't fault any of those people who do the comics uh, the comic art conference panels, but if if Comic-Con were really concerned with being a nonprofit, if they were really concerned with following the spirit of the law, what they would have been doing for the last 40 years is looking for educational institutions to partner with so that their conference could be a real conference so students and grad students and faculty members like me could actually apply for grant money to go and present at those conferences. But the truth is, Comic-Con doesn't care about any of that. All they care about is the, let's be honest, $1 million a year they get out of not being taxed. I'm trying to read up on
2: the Comic-Con conference right now on Wikipedia, and I... (laughs) Um, Comic Arts Conference. Basically, what I did is uh, basically what I looked at is that they are set up as an LLC, which is
1: completely wrong for our, them. If our, that's the case, no, I think you're thinking of the Comic Arts Council, which is a different thing. Okay, um, I could be wrong. I don't know what you looked up, but regardless, all I'm simply saying is that what Comic Con does is the bare letter of the law. They have no real concern over the spirit of the law, and the fact that they, you know, that they don't is the fact that even though they don't release their financials. The estimate of every financial reporter who has investigated them over the course of the last 15 years is that right now, in liquid assets, they have between 20 and 24 million dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. Now it costs them 11 million dollars to put on their con. Mm -hmm. Their actual expenses is seven million Mm dollars. They're booking. They're
2: booking uh, three to five million dollars of cash every year.
1: Yeah, but like, but like, 4.5 million of their budget, Dan, comes from sponsorship. Right, yeah. So your actual your actual expenditures is $7 million. That's what you need to cover in your ticket sales. Now, I don't care how they, they cover this, Dan. I'd be fine with them, I don't know, lowering ticket prices. I'd be fine with them taking that money and putting it into real outreach. I'd be fine with any of these things. But you do not need to be sitting on enough money to pay off your con for three straight years without charging tickets.
2: And that was, uh, you know, and William didn't read the article. And that that's basically what... The convention spokesperson had, had said in this interview that you know, should something happen to Comic Con International, we have enough money to pay our employees for a while. I don't remember how long it was, maybe a year. They 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 could how pay their employees. How many employees
0: do they have? Got a
2: few. They've got the board less than forty. The board less than forty, but you know they've they've got.
0: That they are paid they, positions. A lot of the board members are... That's That's the main problem a with lot a lot of them. these not-for-profits is it only has... It's a not-for-profit if if you come out... Well, it, it, actually, you come out ahead in their example, but... You know, you can have situations where you're paying your employees or your CEO some incredible yeah, salary, but, but they and you don't get to call yourself that. a not-for-profit
2: because they're a charitable, educational, religious, yeah. some sort of organization. A literary. You, you want to
1: really get Will mad? I would love to get Will mad. I'm going to get my Will favorite mad thing in right the world to now. do. Guess what else is in this article? Hmm. You know, <laughs> like, you know Great. how Comic Con keeps uh, keeps uh, complaining about how they need to move because we won't expand the convention center, right? Would you like to know the rent the city determined was appropriate or the county determined that was appropriate for them for
0: Comic Con? Okay. $150,000.
2: It's 65% off the convention center rent.
0: They pay 150000 to have the convention center for four days? Yep. Yeah. What's it normally?
2: 65% more than that. So huh. we could, I mean, you could figure that out.
0: Sure. Um,
2: In fact, I can figure that out. Also,
1: right apparently, the, the most recent sticking point is that Dan is an a hole.
0: Well, quite frankly, I don't well, care we if, if they. Well, here's the thing: if they're not for profit and they get a deal, hopefully they're passing those savings on to the consumers. They're not, though. they Of course, they're not.
2: Um, going back to the point of does you know is Comic Con following the, the spirit of the law?
1: No, there are a bunch of people who are getting a tax benefit. And they don't really care about what they say they care about.
2: And I think originally they started as a nonprofit simply because they were a bunch of people who loved comics and there wasn't a convention out there. They, they, and, did it, and, they, did, and they Eventually
1: they, 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 did. They, did it, they did it for the same reason that anybody starts a theater, Dan, because they wanted to stoke their own ego because they wanted this event to occur. Mm-hmm. No one was doing it. Or if people were doing it, they weren't doing it the way they wanted them to do it. So they started their own. But we're now 40 years later. We're 40 years later, and this is what these people are doing, Dan. These people have trademarked comic hyphen con yes which is fine but now they're suing Salt Lake City comic-con because they want to they want to claim that they have the right to comic-con comic-con not comic hyphen con just any type of iteration of comic-con yeah let me, let me, let me just tear the the, the, the the scrim off your face here comic-con <laughs> uh, you weren't the first comic-con You weren't the first Comic-Con by a long time. And you know what? I'm not an expert on early New York Comic-Cons of the late 1960s and early 1970s. But there were like nine of them. They were all run by different companies. I'm sure one of them called themselves Comic-Con. So if your claim is the first person who called them Comic-Con gets to be Comic-Con forever, um, you're wrong. And here's another thing. No one cares because you're not Comic-Con. What are you? We call it Comic Con because that's what it's called. No, because we're San Diego. Yeah. No one else in the world goes Comic Con and thinks it to mean San Diego
2: Comic Con. No, no, everybody. The the hashtag, you know, the SDCC, SDCC, hashtag SDCC, San Diego Comic Con. You
1: know what? They're so not Comic Con. They're not even actually Comic Con. Okay. The Lord of Branding. For the last 15 years, has been calling you something, and you know what? Even I do it half the time. So you're not Comic Con. You're Comic Con. Comic Con. That's what <laughs> that's, that's what Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith calls, calls you. Comic Con. Um, although I will
2: say this: in terms of following the law, they absolutely follow the law. Oh, yeah. They don't. I, have I expenses. never they have, they have expenditures. They don't have revenues. They have donations. I never claim that they've broken
1: the law. I don't think they've broken the law. I can't believe this. this is I just I think. A I plan. just think that. The purpose, like they're 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 violating the spirit of a not-for-profit in that their goals are not the goals of a not-for-profit. They are simply hoarding more money by not paying taxes. (sighs) Nonprofits do pay
2: taxes in a sense. no, but there but there's a lot of taxes they're not paying because there's a not. lot of
1: taxes they're not paying. You notice I didn't give them a horrible tax rate, Dan. My tax rate is like nine yeah, percent. Yeah, I
2: said yeah. they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're losing. They're, sales they're gaining, tax. They're still paying all they're, of this. They're that
1: gaining stuff. like a million dollars a year from doing this, probably. But
2: uh, you know, and and when you buy your Comic Con ticket, you're not buying a ticket. You're buying a you're buying a membership. Which, although what I find interesting is in that article that you uh, you you had put out, it basically said the uh, you know the board is elected by the membership. Have you ever? I mean, now granted, when you were a member of Comic Con,
1: have you ever voted on the board of directors? No, but that is an interesting tact, Dan. If you're looking to kill Comic Con, you should check that out. If they do actually have the the badges listed as a membership in Comic Con, that means you are required to receive some type of documentation on the voting William, have officers. You, have you ever
2: Have you ever voted on um, on the Comic Con board of directors? No. No, and and. What what gets me is I'm sure they're following the law because I'm sure they've got really good tax accountants and really good lawyers. That one they
1: may not be following because that one's not tax law. But you can't. is part tax law because you can't make. You no, that's not what I mean. What I mean, tax. thats part of your obligations as a not-for-profit. But that's not necessarily something a tax attorney is going to be thinking about. You and I know about that because we served on the board of a theater, and we know that even though only about 10% of the season subscribers actually vote. For the board, they all received notification that the vote is happening. We had to send yes. out
2: notification, like we had to make sure that there was was notification. Other other for those of you who've been listening to this, I'm actually I, I've pulled this up and I know this, but it was a really good refresher. What's the difference between a a, a for profit and a nonprofit company? And I said it earlier that a for profit company has it. has a profit motive. There are owners. There are stockholders a nonprofit company like a theater mm-hmm. does not have owners. They have a board of directors who are charged with the care of that nonprofit. so there are no owners
1: um, Yes and I agree with that Dan but our not-for-profit tax laws are not designed for you to make money by not having owners. They're designed for you to serve a civic function of some kind.
2: Well the, the, again the point the, the point that the point being is like okay so what does a nonprofit do? Um, what does a for-profit do? A for-profit provides a service or an item. This mm-hmm. this Pepsi bottle is, a, is an item. I am a lawyer. I provide a service. Not William because he works for the government. But if William was in private practice, he would provide a service. He would make money. He is mm-hmm. a for-profit. A non-profit, their only goal is to further their own Idea of the world, whether that be the Red Cross or your local church. You know, I want to further life in Jesus. I want to further knowledge in Jesus. I'm a nonprofit. What does Comic Con further? Well, according to them, interest in the popular arts. But is that
1: enough to call yourself a nonprofit? Not a 501c3, a 501c4. 501c4 is political. Yes. So you don't,
2: I mean, they're not political. They're not a 501c4. No, they're exceptional. Civic League, Social Welfare, which one is and Local churches? Associations of Employees, a 501c4. It's which, very narrow, which, which one is churches? Churches is 501c3.
1: Do Religious. Do, then Comic-Con may not even be a qualifying not-for-profit. Uh, educational and literary. Because, you know, quite often, um, Comic-Con releases statements on how you should vote.
2: Uh, if that well, churches do the same thing though at this point, and that's a whole other. But they're topic they're gonna lose for their tax-exempt status doing it. Um, basically, financial statements, which nobody cares about in a normal for-profit, you have a balance sheet, and income statement, you have a statement of financial position, and a statement of activities, which is what your taxes are based off of when you you know apply for your taxes. Um, there's no stockholders' equity; it's just net assets, which is why you can have. 17 million dollars in the bank. I just have net assets of 17 million dollars. Mm-hmm. My son is very upset about something. You could just have I I could just have net assets of 17 million and nobody he just, cares. He just realizes how sad and, and lonely. Um, um revenues. You don't have revenues because you're not selling anything. However, New York City Comic Con, which is a for-profit business, mm-hmm. sells tickets. That's their revenue. They sell, they probably get a cut of the food in the convention center. So there's mm-hmm. probably a food and beverage revenue. Whereas Comic Con is just, oh, you donated $200 to be able to go to this convention. But in my mind, if I donate $200, I should be able to go to the convention for free. So, which is why your point of being, of, of it being disingenuous mm-hmm. still holds some water. And a lot of other nonprofit watchdogs have said the same. Yeah. Ch- can I go into Comic Con for free? No. This is a for-profit business. It's not a non-profit.
0: Yeah, and God forbid they actually acted like a for-profit, because that's pretty much what they're already doing. If they actually got worse about it, all hell would break loose. Now, the
2: problem is, is like in a theater, you have to buy tickets. You have to buy tickets to go in, which is where Comic-Con falls under. However... Con- However, they're not doing any community outreach, as Dez said. They're not yeah. really providing an well, avenue
1: of, for the community to get involved. Dan, most of the, the not-for-profit watchdogs that I've read stuff from when in regards to Comic-Con are not condemning of Comic-Con. They, just need the, they say it needs to do one of two things. Either it needs to become a for-profit business and continue operating the way it has, or it needs to start operating like a not-for-profit and start doing some of the things a not-for-profit does. That wouldn't require them to change anything in their business model. No, not at all. To be honest, Dan, I've I've done a lot of educational conferences since I started going to a real school. And they're not that hard to set up. It would take Comic-Con maybe hiring one staff member at $60,000 a year to organize a real educational conference that was through a school, that was accredited, so that actual researchers could submit grant proposals to get funding to come and present at it, they're just too lazy to do it. Well and part of the
2: problem is, and again, I think I think this is any company in general, is that while Comic Con still puts its Form 990 out, which is the tax form that has to go out if you're a nonprofit, it's it's a public form. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to submit a Form 990. Um they're they're very closed off. And so everything that we're talking about in terms of their outreach and in terms of Comic Arts Council while we're pretty sure, it's still not confirmed. It's still very speculative because they're very closed off in how they do their business, which, I mean, all right. My problem is, is, is I don't. I, I tend to agree with Des. They're not breaking the law. You buy a membership. A membership is membership dues. It's $200. You get to go in. They have cash. They put on this convention, which is a celebration of the arts for literary you know. and educational value. Fine. But from a tax perspective and from an accounting perspective, I'm like, just make yourself a a for-profit. Set up your stock, set up your owners, and take dividends. I don't mind if the owners of Comic-Con get money for this, but set yourself up appropriately.
1: That's all. I concur. You understand part of the problem now, Dan, is that if they did that, they'd have to give a lot of money to people they don't want to give money to. Well, they have to pay taxes. Business no, taxes. No, it's not that. There's been a major schism in the people who have set up Comic-Con. To the point that the people who previously were part of the founding membership have started yeah, a secondary con. You would have, If you became a for-profit business, you they're have owners that, in the company. You would have that argument
2: as to, well, we started this and now you've gone for-profit what is our stake? It's our intellectual in the, property. Yeah, it's our intellectual property. There'd be a ton of lawsuits. And so you've set up as a nonprofit.
1: Maybe they want to turn into a for-profit, but they can't because they would literally lose well, Dan, so I don't much think money. they're horrible, awful people, but I do think you should put that membership thing to a test. You should go to their offices when you're downtown, um, and you should take your Comic-Con badge and go, I'm a member, and um, I- I'd just like copies of all your admittance forms to run for the board and see how they respond. Because I could, as a member of, as a Con, member of Comic-Con, they can, I can I don't run know what for the board voting, of directors. I don't know what their voting procedures are, but they certainly can't claim that a paid member of Comic-Con can't run for a board yeah, position. Yeah, because I have paid my
2: membership dues. I should be able to run for the board of Comic-Con. So should, William and I should run for board of Comic-Con. Well, I think William and Dan, 2016! <laughs> I think <Pay> everybody... <laughs> Hashtag pay
1: <will. laughs> Absolutely everybody with a paid Comic-Con badge should run for board. That would be amazing
0: because that three to five one million one person one vote literally.
1: <laughs> no, no, I was thinking more in terms of that three to five million dollars that you've been hoarding would be spent in doing nothing but processing all of that.
0: Well, form I, I of need a Comic Con Maserati.
2: I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, if someone like Will or I got on the Comic Con board, like, what would happen? Oh, like, would it just right, be I like, can... let's come into the the white room so we can tell you all of our secrets and like why you can't talk about this, or would it be a
1: I'm opening your books. This is ridiculous. Oh no!
0: I'd conform right away. Screw you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Dan, you'd be you'd be just back the same as back as at, at on stage. You'd be sitting in the corner usually at some point in the meeting you'd have a rant about 10 minutes where you wave your arms real big and you just go, I did what that. is wrong with you people? I did that. This is so stupid. I did that,
2: I did that often. I can't tell. I mean, Will wasn't there. I'm was like, I cannot tell you how many meetings where I finally, like, it got to a point where it was building and building and building, and I finally put down my coke and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? There are numbers. They make sense. Everything you're doing is the antithesis of these numbers. They're going to go in the wrong direction don't do that and usually Charles who has now passed away would agree with me like Man, dad's right we should do that
0: that's like a D&D story nobody cares about theater stories I liked it because <laughs> it was enthusiastic I don't even know what you're talking about a but pa- it was awesome
1: I liked it because it was a drunken yelling rant profanity into your microphone without the <coughs> obvious concern that your son is right behind you in the window.
2: You know what? His first word's going to be fuck. It's okay. It's you know, going to happen.
1: Words. Stop it's,
2: judging him. It's going to happen.
1: He's developing at the right rate. He's developing. He
2: says banana. He says daddy. He says mama. It's all bye. good. He says bye. He says bye. Um, what else did he say the other day? No. He knows no and more and mine. So, you know, we're developing at the right rate. Mm, um, man. I'm wondering how much of the Comic-Con rant about San Diego politics I'm going to end up cutting out of this podcast. <laughs> you guys will never know. Okay. Um, we did actually <laughs> Des threw out if there were any questions
1: of the universe. Um, and we actually had a couple. Um, Wait, before we do questions of the universe, I just want to read you a few of my tweets. And I want you to tell me if you, if you think my response to a television show was genuinely or gen, generally positive or generally negative based on my tweets. All right. Provided your network will let me get to my tweets. Go, go. I can start with the one I can remember. Mr. Robot. Are you Mr. Hey, it, Robot? No. Is it Fight Club? Or are you just making it seem like Fight Club so I won't think
0: it's Fight Club?
1: Or do you want me to think it won't be Fight Club so it'll be Fight Club. I have no idea what just happened. Should did I be you-
0: watching a show called Mr. Robot? Because I love Fight Club. Yeah, you, I, should, you should be, actually. And I like no,
1: robots. Based on that tweet, did I have a, gen- uh, a generally positive response to the show or a generally negative? See, I'm
0: going to say negative, but
1: you always, uh,
2: you're, you're crafty that way.
1: Yeah, I am crafty that way. You're crafty. So I'm going to say you had
2: a positive response to the show, but you didn't like the Fight Club aspect of it.
1: No, not at all. It's just that... There's a girl who's kind of Marla esque, and, and I won't be surprised at all if one or possibly every other one of the hacker characters is actually in his head. But it's very Fight Club at the moment. Okay. But that was a generally positive response. I, 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 to the show. Where is Mr. Robot? Uh, I don't even know what Mr. Robot is. Christian's, it's on USA. <clears throat> um,
2: okay. It's got Christian Can't Slater in it. Count you out? Yeah. Why? I think you might it's on like USA. It. <gasps> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do have to say thank you, Des. I had forgotten something. Um, I was looking because it's Comic-Con and I can't not be reading some sort of fantasy sci-fi book for Mm -hmm. Comic-Con. So I jumped on r slash fantasy and like to what recommendations and Mistborn Mm -hmm. was actually one of their top recommendations as I was kind of going through all the and I'm like, wait a minute. I think Des bought me that, tr- and sure enough, it mm-hmm. was on my bookshelf, so now I am reading Mistborn, and I am, I am liking it a lot. So I, It's the
1: best one of those three. I am going to keep reading this. Anyway, That's excellent. I like Brandon Sanderson. If you at home have not read a Brandon Sanderson book, you should. Okay, moving on to show number two. Number sh- show number two. There's a number of tweets with this one. Again, we're looking for generally positive or generally negative. Okay. Zoo- at ZooCBS. Okay. I can get behind animal hunters. It's extreme, but Okay. But in what world can your employer demand a strip search you? Continuing, at ZooCBS, we're dealing with at least one very aggressive lion. I know. Let's go out in the tall grass. Hashtag what? I'm going to say that's a negative response. Yeah, but you haven't got to the best one. Oh, okay. At ZooCBS, what is going on in the writer's room? If you have search and rescue, why wouldn't you call them when you find a deserted camp?
2: Okay, I'm guessing no, because it sounds like you've, you've found the ridiculousness of the show.
1: No, it's like, it's like there's not a single person in the writer's room who can go, Guys, these ideas are stupid. And that's sad. Um, the show is not horrible, but only because Billy Burke is in it. I love Billy Burke. He's good. I love that guy. I think he's pulling a Harrison Ford right now. How, How did you
2: pull a Harrison?
1: For? Because like everybody's dialogue is real bad and the show's real bad, but Bill- the stuff coming out of Billy Burke's mouth is genius. So I think they must write one line for him and he just says whatever he wants. <laughs> Get this idea out. <laughs> um, uh, there's also a couple of other new shows I want to tell you about whether or not you should watch them. One is Pole Dark. You watch Pole Dark yet? I then? I refuse to watch a show called Pole Dark. Well, he's
2: making a face. It's more a show for Dan. Pole dark. That's his uh, name. Pole dark. Okay. That's a, oh, that's, a name. that's a little bit better. That's a little bit better. It's not two words. That's a better that, that, dark. That's better.
1: That's yeah. better. All right. Well your, your wife will like it. It's about a soldier from the Revolutionary War who's British.
0: I'm bored already. Everybody
1: <laughs> thinks is dead, and when he comes home he finds his fiance married to his cousin and his dad dead and his estate in disrepair and all the mines drying up in the area. It's very British
0: does this sound like the odyssey to anybody else <laughs> does he like kill everybody in revenge and also like just, you know his name's actually sex with no harpies man or something sex with
2: heart sex with harpies poldark sex with harpies <laughs> no.
0: hashtag sex with harpies right. i didn't really read the odyssey i have a general idea of what happened
2: yes i have read a book okay and then we move on <laughs> captain to, to
1: scream MTV Scream. MTV Scream. Mm, yes, okay. Which, aside from a seven-minute speech that got so over-meta that in the show about people talking about horror movies when they're in a horror movie, there's a seven-minute-long speech about why you couldn't make a slasher, sh- slasher movie into a TV show because the pacing is wrong. Other than that, it's actually reasonably good. You don't really think about it until you watch it, but smartphone phones make that concept so much more creepy. Okay. The fact that people can instantly take video of you and send it to you and you can download it quickly. Oh, that is creepy.
2: Oh, it's so much more creepy. Oh, that is creepy. There is a uh, panel on Friday at Comic-Con screen, on MTV, MTV Scream. MTV Scream. Scream. Yes. And it also
1: has it has Bex Taylor-Kloss in it. If you ever watched... Um, I don't know who that is. If you watch The Killing, she's the one who played Bullet. If you watch Arrow, she's the one who plays Canary's sidekick like Athena or... Uh, Ola or whatever her name oh is. oh that, that yeah, yeah yeah yeah. she's 19 I'm not particularly sure what she's doing is acting because I it might just be um, I'm young and real and I'm being myself on camera um, but she's very stimulating to watch um, <laughs> <Well>, you just laughed Wow really not that way I'm uh, I'm not saying that way will um, but not not bad um, it's certainly a good compliment to teen wolf so if you're watching teen wolf Watch Scream beforehand. I think it comes on the hour before. Um, then also, my favorite German show now.
0: <laughs> um. If I saw any German show, by default, it would be my favorite <coughs> German show. That that
1: might be why it's my favorite. But you should watch this show. It's called Deutschland '83.
0: Deutschland,
1: Deutschland. It's like Deutschland. it's like the the East German counterpart to the Americans, only so much more messed up. Okay. Because unlike the Americans where you know you take a sixteen year old and go, Hey, we're gonna train you how to be American and make you marry a guy and have kids with him and then go live in America with him. Instead of doing that, instead what they do is go, We've got a mission in West Germany. We're just gonna kidnap you and dump you in West Germany and make you do it. Figure out how <laughs> to do it. Shit.
2: <laughs> God damn it. And it's your As aunt. one does.
1: As as one does. Yeah, and it's your aunt. That's so East German. I feel like we should be watching Sprockets. Yes. And then and then um, there's Killjoys on sci fi which I'm calling um, Doctor Who with Guns. Oh. Same thing. Um, nothing ever really happens, but it's fun and amusing and enjoyable, but I don't really know why I'm watching it. So in the same vein. And then the one Dan really should be watching, which is called Dark Matter. But not Poldark. Dark Matter. Dark Matter, also on Sci-Fi. Okay. Um, kind of one part Farscape mixed with um, we've lost all our memories, mixed with we've got bounties on our head and we're really bad people. Mixed oh. with, we're the characters or a- amalgamations of the characters from Firefly. All right. I'll check it out. That right? sounds like something I could watch. Um, the uh, African-American guy from, did you ever watch First Wave, Dan? No. On Sci-Fi, Can't remember his name off the top of my head um, at the moment. He's in it. He's kind of playing the uh, the book character. The main character is kind of what happens when you take Mal and Wash and put them together. Okay. Okay just like the main female character is kind of what you get when you take Anara and mix her with Zoe. Okay. So, it's very it's very fireful. But it's fun.
2: I will, what's that one called?
1: Dark, Dark matter. Dark
2: matter. Dark matter. Grayson's on the podcast now, everybody. Say hi. Can you say hi? No. No, he's shy. He All does right. what he wants. Does, yeah, he does what he wants. That's And that's exactly it. He does what he wants when he wants. He is not the monkey. We do have a couple of um, questions from the universe. Um, the first one is, what is your most... Uh, this one actually comes from Graphic Novice, uh, Nickel. Um, and I love the new uh, iHeart Graphic Novice T-shirt that he's got on there. Uh, comes from what um, is your? I don't think he's the one wearing. Well, it. Well, he's obviously not the one wearing it, um, unless he's got wonderful breasts. Um, what is the most anticipated? Anything could
1: be hiding under that beard.
2: That's, That's all very I'm true. Say. That's very true. What is the most anticipated new title coming out of the Secret Wars aftermath?
1: For me or for everybody, Nickel? I, I uh, for you. For me. Part two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Um... I think I'm. I think I'm most uh, interested in the one that is um, le- least going to be going to be the most the same, which is Spider Woman. Is that the Spider Gwen? No, 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 no. There, there's there's Spider Gwen too, but Spider Woman. Remember, we had a talk on this podcast uh, briefly, um, as well as they had <laughs> over at Graphic Novice, that when Spider Woman came out, they'd kind of gotten Jessica Drew to the point where she was kind of a, a badass. She was kind of like a and like not quite. Black Widowish character. But when she was a very mature kind of spy gat like information gathering person. And then like all of a sudden they took this weird turn where suddenly she's supposed to be like this young, inexperienced superhero and we're all like, "What's going on with this?" Well, that series actually ended up being really good despite that choice being really odd. When have you guys ever talked about anything briefly on this podcast? Mama. Just a briefly. Mama. That's not true. Sometimes we just say something sucks. Mama. And that's really the uh, the end of our commentary. Mama.
2: So, again, Grayson, Grayson wants his mama. Say hi. Cough no, in the microphone. No, no, hi, no, hi. All right, I don't, I don't read enough Marvel
1: to have an anticipated new book. Well, have you even looked at any of the new titles coming I, out?
2: I, I haven't. I know there's going to be Old Man Logan, which I don't know if it's a title or.
1: Old, just... Old Man Logan, I think, is a good choice too. Um, it could be really bad, but like, if you get a good writer for it, that world is kind of interesting. So, you know, I mean, you could do some interesting stuff there.
2: Okay. All right. Um, then I'm actually going to throw this out to, to Graphic Novice. Are you using Graphic Novice bottle openers for all your bottle opening needs? I don't I have, have. I graphic- forgot to
1: bring you guys bottle openers. I-
2: Des, did you get bottle openers from yep. Nickel? Ah, oh, Nickel, I do not have any bottle openers because Dez forgot to bring them. No,
1: I didn't bring bottle openers because I was too busy remembering to bring the book for your wife. Okay, fair enough. I'm Which okay of those that. two is more important to you? I don't know. I want a bottle opener. To me? Happy Dan <laughs> or Happy Wife? Which one of those does Dan want What about more? Will? Can I give you a... What about me?
2: <laughs> Hashtag pay Will. <laughs> um, is Johnny Depp still... This is coming from uh, uh, Jason from the History of Bad Ideas at Bad Ideas Podcast. Is Johnny Depp still bankable? No no that, that no that's it you've got nothing on johnny depp besides the fact that he's not bankable anymore
0: the box office receipts prove <laughs> fair enough the answer to that
2: i like johnny depp kevin smith in his latest yeah. podcast called him one of the greatest actors alive
0: <laughs> no no well, of course he's got him it, in his fucking movies it, now because he played gila point <laughs> but yeah no look he uh he had a, he had a good little run there and then he went away for a while and was terrible then he had a good little run again and now he's gone away and it's terrible so you think
2: he's gonna come
1: back
0: <sighs> not playing Gila Point, obviously. Yeah, but is no, he- that was not good. No,
1: the, the problem is, is that the strength for his second comeback was kind of his weird eccentricities. Yes, which has now become his thing, which we're all kind of sick of. But they played it out. Yeah. Well, then when he comes back, he's gonna be a normal actor again. Like he's gonna
2: I'm be John not sure. Travolta in Pulp Fiction too. And see what happened to John Travolta? John Travolta had a good little run.
0: Yeah, he had a good run and then he disappeared. He was horrible for a while and he came back and he had this little renaissance and then he was gone again.
2: And maybe he'll come back again. <laughs> <laughs> Scientology.
0: Uh, you know, Johnny Depp had this cool little like goth thing going on with the whole Edward Scissorhands thing. I don't like and to like kick anybody when they're they down. Liked the,
1: the, they liked the pirate. But John Travolta, he now has something about him that every single human being hates him for.
2: Scientology.
1: No, I mean, some people don't really like him because of the Scientology. Some people won't like him because of the feeling up male masseuses. (laughs) Um, I didn't even know about that. You didn't hear about that story that it it broke, what, like six months ago or a year ago? He's got issues. Yeah, a bunch of masseuses came forward that said that John Travolta, while being massaged by men, um, would routinely try to grope them and get them to have sex with him. I'm just saying, there's a lot of, like, he's got a lot of, like, okay, this will po- piss off this part of the population, and this will piss off this part of the population. And, the, you know, I mean, like, it's kind of like the Mel Gibson thing. Okay. It's not like the world went, Mel Gibson is an anti-Semite. We don't like him. It's that 10% of the people don't like him because he's this. 10%, 10% of the people don't like him, don't him, because, like he because, him because he's, he's horrible to women. <laughs> 10, yes, exactly. Like, there's, the, you know, I mean, there's a the point at which there's, you no longer have a constituency, right? <laughs> that you've managed to to alienate everyone for some reason. Except for... um Oh, God. What's her name? Shitty with me. Jodie Foster? Thank you. She put him
2: in the Beaver movie.
1: Yeah. 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 She put him in the Beaver well, movie. Yeah, she but tried. Dan, when, when the audience doesn't like you anymore, that doesn't mean your friends stop liking you. That's true. I, I, hope, I Jody, hope. I mean, like, yeah, Greg, and Hollywood's fake, but I hope it's not that fake. Jodie Foster making a movie about a stuffed beaver starring Mel Gibson. Like, what could go wrong there? Well, the biggest problem with Jodie Foster in that movie is that Jodie Foster is herself not particularly popular poor Jodie Foster. So maybe she shouldn't be the one trying to defend Mel Gibson. Hello Clarice. She doesn't exactly, she's not Sandra Bullock is what I'm saying.
2: Alright, the last question we have is, which Marvel movie are you looking forward to the most? Guardians 2. Alright, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That's what it's called, Volume 2. Right. Can I I
1: talk about how I'm still mad about that? Why? I don't think it's a bad title, but I mean... No, I don't mind the title at all, but how is that title News. Volume 2! How do you have a, whole, everything how you have a hundred, is news? How do you have a hundred sites do a whole page article on the fact that James Gunn's response <laughs> to a title selection is I'm just gonna slap a volume two on it. I mean, that's the dumbest thing i I mean it should be like a tweet.
2: It shouldn't be an article. Because everything is news. You have to fill up time with
1: something nowadays. You have Actually, to have damn, updates. These are mostly internet stories. The world will get on without them if you just tweeted out the title. Sure. But these sites, they have to keep doing it. They have to, have to. I didn't. I notice I didn't put anything because I'm not Here's putting thing, any Dan, news up every, anymore. I only went to one site, and I've become much more circumspect in reading their articles now, because when you get when you show me an article headline that says "Guardians to be named," "Guardians the Galaxy Volume 2, really nothing else. And in I that, click though. on it. I'm expecting there to be some <laughs> kind of context for why it's a news article. That now, and when I clicked on it and found that it was just you telling me that's the title, now I don't click on your stories anymore. Because you um, don't care about not wasting my time. I did like this week there was a big article in
2: E! Entertainment Weekly about um, Batman v Superman with Zack Snyder and Ben Affleck and Henry Cable. And is they that about ag- how they're giving up on the movie? Well, they, no, they, they gave a really good reason as to Batman's whole problem with Superman in this movie, which makes a lot of sense, is there was a Wayne Court building in Metropolis... They got knocked down. And, and you blew it up! And a lot of people died. And Batman's like, fuck you. You killed a lot of people. Now I have to kill you. Which I think actually kind of helps the whole destruction of Metropolis that it affected other people I like sure?
1: that um, I think it's it's every every single day that studio makes worse and worse choices um, I'm excited the, it looks the, great the new attempt to create a hype in the face of the world's largest anti-hype ever I, I think it's going to be great with the, the new photos of them right up on each other that's basically them just saying hey guys we're doing the fight scene from Dark Knight Returns doesn't make any sense we're doing it it's going to be cool I think it's going to be a great. Another indication that doesn't make me want to see your movie more. I think it's going to be a great that movie. That makes me want to see your movie less.
2: Everything that everyone's talking about this movie—if they manage to translate what they're actually saying to the screen—I'm excited. I, I, I'm like, there, there is a consequence Damn. to all of the destruction, and that's what this movie is exploring, Damn, which I answer,
1: really just like. Answer me one question, just one, and try to be honest. Okay. In any worlds in which Dan was in charge of Warner Brothers. And someone brought a script that was partially Dark Knight Returns. Would you really want Zack Snyder to be the one to direct that?
2: I don't know of anyone else I can think of. How about, I w- how about someone who's capable of directing a film? I would have to think about that question. I might come back to you on that. Maybe next time we do no, this,
1: no, I might the, come back to you. The fact that there's elements of Dark Knight Returns, I hope they're minimal. Because I don't think Zack Snyder's a horrible, awful director, but his directing style is completely... Contrary to the nature of
2: that story It's a very visual director, which I like, yes, but I'm but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if
0: he should do show. music videos. Yeah. They still sort of make those. Yeah. That's what he's qualified for. <laughs> I'm
1: not necessarily that harsh, but I I do think that if you think the fight scene in Dark Knight Returns is about how cool the fight scene looks, you're getting the wrong point out of that part of the book. Oh, I agree. Right, that's my concern with it. Like so, like don't anything you do to make me think that there's more Dark Knight Returns rather than less in this movie. The more you make me less willing to see I, it, I'm excited. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to see it once. I will see it once at least. I just think that people whose job it is to, to make me want to see the movie, they're doing a bad job. They're doing a bad job in Suicide Squad. They're doing a bad job in. Um, Batman v Superman. Fire your marketing people. Um,
2: for me, Marvel. Next thing that I want to see is after how much I enjoyed Daredevil as possibly one of my favorite Marvel things ever, Jessica Jones. I know it's not a movie, but I cannot wait to see Jessica Jones when it comes out later this year. If it was, if it's going to be as good as Daredevil, I'm I'm all in. I want to see Luke Cage.
1: That's you got a couple years down the road, but yeah, no, I I mean of, of all the stuff they have going, Luke Cage. Uh, that Luke is, Cage. I, I, I might that actually might be interesting as well. Um. um because with with uh Eva DeVornay dropping out of Black Panther, it seems like Marvel's getting themselves into a bit of a conundrum with that particular project. Okay. And that they seem to want to take their the 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 kind of the Warner Brothers model that okay, like we've got our first um, black superhero. Um, which to be honest, I don't really think that, that Black Panther's a great example of a black superhero. The people in America who want um, an African American superhero aren't going to be satisfied by an African, African superhero, superhero. Yeah. Um, d- give them an African American superhero, but they seem to be in the same boat where like the Warner Brothers is with Wonder Woman. We have to find a female director. We have to find so that one. They seem to want to find an African American director, and she dropped out, and nothing she said is wrong. She said that like the film I wanted to make and the film they wanted to make really couldn't go together. But the real problem with finding an African American filmmaker is it's not an easy thing to become a director when you're African American. And most of them are the kind of people who come through the independent film ranks and are used to making a film that matters to them. Spike Lee, I'm just I don't, I don't, I don't. Spike Lee? Spike Lee, Spike Lee's the worst of. I mean like he's he's a massive auteur. He absolutely he is a massive them, auteur. It's just me Like how do you tell Spike Lee, no Spike, Black Panther can't do that because that's not what Black Panther does. You see what I'm saying? I mean like it's the thing where, like, if they're gonna find if they're gonna find an, an African American director for it, they just need to find someone who maybe hasn't directed yet. Because most of them are people like David They I mean, like, they, yeah. they to get that first time out, they had to go out and find their own funding and write their own script. And you know, they're used to having a lot of control over their movie. But where with a TV show like Johnny Cage, where no one's really paying attention, like Luke Cage, Luke Cage, Cage yeah, Johnny Cage's um, Mortal Johnny, Kombat. no. Yeah. Yeah. And Mortal Kombat. I think I was thinking of Johnny Blaze. <laughs> um, that's at least Marvel. <laughs> but um, no, with Luke Cage, no one's really paying attention individually who, who directing each episode is African American and who isn't. So there's not this like overwhelming yeah. need to make sure we got to find the right person who fits the, the messaging of our pre movie. Right. So I'm just interested. Luke Cage might be interesting to I'm, watch. I'm interested in just them doing a good like. Serious minority driven project, regardless of what medium it ends up being in. I would love Black Panther to be that movie, but I'm not sure how hard it's going to be to find a director if you really like who's um who is it who did 12 Years a Slave? It's um James Dean, right? I, I don't know, I, th- I think his name is very similar to James Dean. I could be wrong, um, but the same thing, he's a British filmmaker, he, he had to become an auteur. He very much, you know, I mean, he's going to come in with his own ideas of what to do with the film, and how do you tell a person like that what to direct? They're not all Kevin Smith. You can't just sit them down and go, look. Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. I know it was somebody. It was somebody. Somebody you else's right. name. You, right? were on every, you were right. You um, were right. Steve McQueen. Um, it's, they're not like Kevin Smith where you sit them down and you go, hey, look, fatty. We don't care that you're used to having control. We're the big guys with the money. You know, most of them don't bend. Yeah, but then you get cop out. Cop out's not that bad. Eh. Cop out, if cop out didn't have Bruce Willis, cop out would have been okay. You know what? I I will be honest with you, I've actually not seen cop out. You should see cop out. It's not that bad. It, it's not I've great. Heard, I've heard horrible things about it's, it. And it is, it's not great, but I think most people don't realize that it's not supposed to be great. Right? Like a lot of people judge Kevin Smith very harshly for Jersey Girl. And when I watched Jersey Girl, all I saw was a really formulaic, Hollywood-style coming-of-age story. No, but that's what I saw, right? I yeah. mean, part of the problem is, is that, that when, you're, when you're dealing with auteur filmmakers, people expect every movie to have like some great emotional point. And then they get like overly disappointed when those people just make a movie. Not that that defends everything. I'm not defending Tusk.
2: Uh, Yeah, William hated Tusk, and I haven't seen Tusk. I still won't view it because of his response. Yeah, me neither. Like, I'm like, I'm, I, it was on. I I was looking at things to watch the other night, and I'm like, oh, we could watch. I'm like, I'm not watching Tusk. William
1: hated Tusk.
2: William hated Tusk more than I've seen William hate anything,
1: including Man of Steel. No, that's not true. He did. He did scream into a microphone for four hours about Man of Steel. There was, a, there was much more quantity. I, could, I couldn't
0: even gather four hours of that's material just it. like That's just Tusk. it. He
1: hated it so much. No, I know. There was but nothing there. What I'm saying is, is that Tusk is his quality bad movie, whereas Man of Steel is his quantity. Okay, bad movie. I'll give you that. I, will, I think I those two things are equal.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I will absolutely give you that. All right. I would rather watch Man of Steel again than Tusk.
1: So, does okay. you have a Marvel that you're looking forward to? Like, I've got Jessica Jones. I would like to see that show. I'd like to see. Um, also, the, the show I'd like to see is unfortunately not possible. Why? Because they killed Triplet. I oh, really. Oh, I would I'm watch that show. A spinoff with triple I would watch that show. But I think if you bring him back from the dead, you really undercut your current yeah. show. Yeah, Does that make I, sense? Because your watch current that show. show was built on the same premise, right? Like, oh, look, guess who's not really dead? If you do it again, people are just going like, to be like...
2: Eh. <laughs> You know. Although, I will say this, if we do get do Hall H on Friday, um, hopefully you will, will stay with me. Kevin Smith, but he's doing Yoga Hosers, so uh, clearly he's shooting the Tusk sequel of the Great White North trilogy, and I would love to see William's take on
0: Yoga Hosers, <laughs> you know, as just, it were. Dear just, Kevin, what the fuck?
2: Starring his daughter and just Johnny a Depp's daughter. rule,
1: don't trust any film project where the, the chief producer and the director are casting their underage children. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a general rule, because like Harley's seventeen now, sixteen
2: now. Yeah,
0: After Earth went really, really well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't even really like he was a producer name only. Really.
2: I was talking about that with um, when I went to L.A. with the rest of the accountants from uh, from my hotel company, and um, there was a guy who uh, it was local from L.A. He wasn't working in L.A. anymore, but he was local from L.A. He was talking about you know the Kevin and Bean show and Ralph Garman, and I'm like, yeah. I was at Comic-Con when I saw Ralph Garman moderate a panel on After Earth with Kevin Smith and um, Jaden and how much he talked about how great they were and amazing film work.
1: He's like... You mean mean Will
2: Smith? Will Smith. I'm like, well, Jaden Smith was there too. He's like... No, but you said Kevin
1: Smith. No, if, I'm not Kevin, Kevin Smith. Will Smith. That might have been Will interesting. Smith, yeah, if have been interesting. <laughs> if it was Kevin Smith and Jaden Smith. <laughs> Kevin Smith and, J- and Jaden. He
2: was like, man, that guy hates hates Will Smith. I'm like, yeah, that's what made that panel entertaining. Was how much Garmin was basically bending over about how great Will Smith was. Mm-hmm. All right. We've gone for two hours. Yeah. Are we done? We're done. We're done. All right, everybody. This was this week's Musings of a Geek. Um, We're not going to do one next week because of Comic-Con. Will and I will be at Comic-Con doing Comic-Con-y things. Um, Des may or may not be going, depending on reasons. Um, Yeah, that was it. We're on the Musings of a Geek podcast network, where there are a ton of other podcasts that are amazing. We're also on the Danger Entertainment network. And all sorts of other places we said earlier. This go to amazingcivicgeek We've got great stuff. Um, what else? Anything else that we need to talk about? Jump on our Amazon Amazon banner. You want to buy stuff? I just bought stuff. Give Give the podcast money.
1: Um, <laughs>
2: buy swag. <laughs> what else? You got anything? No, I don't got anything.
1: Um, no. But why don't Why don't you all at home um, tell us what you which project you most want to see Marvel either do or of the stuff they have slated.
2: Also, if if there's a TV show you're dying for us to cover on Pilots, let us know. We might do it. Maybe. Let's
1: do Zoo. Apparently, we're going to do Zoo. No, Uh, I'm kidding. It was, as far as Pilots go, it was awful. So seriously, if there is a... It was one of those Pilots, Dan, where you you look at the concept as like a proof of concept, and you go, oh, that's great. But here's what I want. No one who wrote this episode is allowed to work for you.
2: Wow. Um, Seriously, I mean, feedback. If you guys want us to cover any topic, any show, any movie, let us know. Um, All right. I think that's it for this week's episode and next week's episode of Musings of a Geek. As always, thanks again for listening and stay geeky, my friends.
0: You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends.